0: Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today, we're talking about entrepreneurship, targeting professionals, and balancing a family and running a business. My guest today is my friend, Bridget Ferraro. She's the CEO of a company called iCopy, and they work with lawyers all over the United States. Now, Bridget has a fantastic perspective for us because she just had her third child, And she's still going 100 miles an hour running her business. So I'm looking forward to having a conversation with Bridget about targeting lawyers, running a business, and finding a way to do that while still enjoying raising your family. So please join me in welcoming Bridget Ferraro to the Inside BS Show. Bridget, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited.
0: All right. So tell us about iCopy and tell us how how iCopy came to be and how you came to be the CEO of iCopy.
1: Yeah. So iCopy was founded in 2009 by some solo attorneys that really had pain points for themselves in their own practice of records retrieval being really painful. And they're like, there has to be a better way to do this. So they founded iCopy to really serve their own firms, their own needs in getting um, records for litigation. So fast forward, and a lot of that in Chicago was just them, and then friends, and word kind of spread around Chicagoland. And then they were really wanting to break into the tech side of things. So in about 2017, they started having conversations about building a platform that would take the service that they've been providing for years to the next level, making it more efficient, making it easier for the clients that they were serving to order, um, have transparency in what they were receiving, and then ultimately make it faster for us to deliver on that service.
0: Okay, so what is it that iCopy does for the lawyers explain it to people who don't know anything about the practice of law
1: yeah so iCopy at its core is a records retrieval firm hired by attorneys and law firms that need medical records mainly um in in cases so we will get their orders and we will take all of that turn it into paperwork which is subpoenas or authorizations mail it out to usually medical facilities and then do all the follow-up for them make the phone calls hey where are we at with this make the payments that hospitals need to get those records and then those records come to us in a variety of mediums it can be in the mail bankers boxes of paper email fax, depending upon um, you know the security that they have on those types of things and then we process them and we deliver them digitally to our clients so they have an easier way of going through those medical records.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So basically you're, and privilege is still attached because you work for the attorney who hires you, right? So there's no, there's no issue there. So then you can go and take care of all of the, the the real pain in the neck stuff, tracking down the records, You know, oh, you got to pay $17 to get a fax of this one and $35 to get a fax of that one. And then you get all these faxes and the attorneys have to organize it. Well, they don't have to do that with you. You guys organize it for them. Now, how did you get involved in, in this particular business? Were you working with attorneys and they were like, hey, you get us? Or were you working in the medical field? How did you get involved with this?
1: great question. So at my core, I'm, I'm a growth strategist. Um, every position and role that I've had, um, even while I was still in college, I come into programs and organizations and helped figure out how to grow them, how to scale. And ultimately, a little bit later in my career, I just had people asking me questions and saying, hey, like, this is what's going on. And I just wanted to help. Um, and so I had full time jobs that I was doing. And then just people were asking me questions I'm like, OK, I love you all, but I can't say yes to everyone. And so it started turning into I can do this for three months, six months on a contract basis on the side. And that's what iCopy copy came to me as a really good friend. We were uh, at Girl and the Goat, downtown Chicago, having brunch. And she's telling me how she got involved in this business. And they were having some operational problems because they'd experienced quite a bit of growth. And she's like, I just don't know, like, who I would need, what I need to do who I need to bring in, and I, in hindsight, I looked at her, and I was like, you're looking at her, aren't you? Probably a little too cocky. I'm like, give me six months, and you know we can we can solve like ninety percent of these problems. And here I am, three years later. Um, <laughs> so it turned into uh, an offer and becoming a equity partner and CEO to really scale and grow and take it to the next level.
0: What a great story. That's terrific. Okay, so now you uh, you jump into this business. I'm sure you know full full speed ahead. And what? how were they growing when you joined them and how has that changed since you became a part of the equation?
1: Yeah. So at the time they were really focused on the technology that they had been working on. So they originally started with kind of like a friend of the organization to do the development that didn't work out. We ended up establishing a partnership um, with vault innovation, which is an amazing firm that builds, um, platforms and things like that. And she is a connector. Stephanie is the president who I'm friends with and brought me in um, and had come from national records retrieval firms. And so really her connections um, is what helped stimulate some of this growth for iCopy Now, at that point, it was really figuring out the operational processes of going from X size company to Y size company. And some of that stuff was breaking because they didn't have the proper um, SOP and structure in place. And when you have significant growth, I'm sure, as you know, and by the godfather expert, Dave, you have to kind of like break it to rebuild it. The way you do it at one size cannot be the way that you do it at another size Um, and being able to be on the nose with doing it sooner rather than later, otherwise it breaks too much. So the component of what I was really able to bring to the table was say, let's take a step back, analyze everything that we have, really took it back to the bones and the foundation, and then having a process for at each certain point of growth, analyzing what are the things that'll break at this point? What process has to be pulled apart between multiple humans, usually the the HR and human capital process internally, And um, from a sales perspective, honestly, we did um, leverage her relationships, with them. we switched to some outbound marketing and sales because we were launching the new tech platform. So it was all about, this is is new, right? This product is new. It's going to save you time. It's a big differentiator. And so taking Nimbus, which is our platform to market in January of 2020, was a big catapult for that sales cycle.
0: Okay, so... Now you must have, so some of that, a lot of what you do involves technology in the platform, but there's still got to be humans in there somewhere, right? So you're still, you're still getting, cause a lot of medical records, uh, a lot of health systems are only comfortable and their, their security process will only allow them to fax medical records. So I mean, the fax number you have could send it into a server somewhere, but there's still got to be people who are pairing up all right, this medical record goes with this file, this medical record goes with that file. So how many people are involved in the process? Oh,
1: so at this point, um, we have kind of a contracted team of people that are callers, right? So that's, that's a contracted team that is really handling follow-up calls to facilities. And right now we have a team of about 30 um, and, and that's growing because when we are onboarding new clients, we build a team specific to that client and resource them based on x amount of requests that they're going to have and so that follow-up person who's making that human contact is one of the first ones that we are making dedicated people to our clients Um, and then on the internal side you've got ap you've got ar you've got the operations the client management emails Um, so that team at this point is at 24 team members
0: wow that's still a good size yeah so it's a really good size um I'm fascinated by because you're you your this business is designed to fill uh, to to solve a pain point that most people hate. So I'm fascinated, like most people hate calling, I hate calling to get my own health records, right? so and and it's a pain in the ass for me to get my own records because I gotta prove who I am first. So how, like, how do you guys navigate that part of it? Because I'm sure people who are listening, people who are watching, they're like, I called my doctor's office to get a note that says I'm over COVID and it's taken me 20 minutes and they won't email it to me. So I got to go find a fax machine, right? How do you guys navigate the process of saying, okay, I'm authorized on behalf of an attorney who's authorized on behalf of the actual end user or on behalf of the court to get these documents? Do you just say, listen, I got this subpoena. You know, how do you, how do you convince you know the people who are most should be anyway most guarded with these records that you're an authorized person to receive them
1: so as far as convincing them usually the subpoena or authorization like does the work for us in that fact the part of pushing it along to happen more efficiently really works on the front end when we have a request for a location um We do our due diligence and we get on the phone and try to get someone that we can talk to and confirm all the information. If we send it to this address, if we fax it to this number, making sure from jump that where that that authorization, where that proof of we are trustworthy to release this to goes to the right place. From the first moment, because we are oftentimes dealing with a lot of the U.S. Postal Service or if it's a large medical operation and we're looking for medical billing and radiology, sometimes their preference is that you take three copies of that one request and send it three different places because of how their internal operations. Otherwise, what a lot of people do in, in our industry is they're going to send one. And they're not going to be as proactive. They're going to kind of sit back and wait for it to come to them. Whereas we're like, no, like we're all doing better if we are more efficient on the front end. And sending it to those three different places so it skips their internal step of making a copy and forwarding it to all three places shortens our turnaround time of being able to provide the product to our clients.
0: Okay. So this is, this is fantastic. It is obviously it's a service that is, that is needed. And you know, you have competitors in this space. So what differentiates you from everyone else who does what you do? And can that differentiating factor allow you to command a fee? Great
1: questions. Okay. So on the competitor side and what sets us apart, the biggest thing is that you have designated team so you have a client director who at the client level is helping you establish all of your processes so when we're onboarding we establish SOPs per client not all even if you're you're doing the same work but you're different firms it's different if you have the case management system that you're operating is different your internal processes so we really take the time to absorb how are you doing it now And how can we come in as a reliable vendor and partner to optimize on multiple levels? Not only does that make it so that our human capital efficiency is better, but theirs is, which therefore um, really supports the premium of what they're paying us to provide that service, right? Time is money. And if we're saving you time especially because the hourly rate you're paying for a paralegal, they don't need to be sitting there doing data entry. They don't need to be doing these follow-up calls. That's above their pay grade. Um, So making sure that we're integrating that into all of it is something that sets us apart, as well as the fact that um, there are competitors that have a platform or a system, but something that makes us different is that we are constantly investing in our platform. So I am sending out um, feedback, forms, surveys, um, a lot of times from the paralegal, who typically is that user who interacts with us the most to say, how or what can we do within this to make it easier for you and save you time? Um, And we're doing that on a quarterly basis. And that's not anything that um, to date, we've had a feature where we're like, okay, there's not an ROI on this, for us. So we need to look at charging more or differently on the client side. It's all, this is a win-win for everyone. We're going to invest in it and you're going to reap the benefits.
0: Right. Okay. Um, What about when somebody's trying to hide the records, right? So you get a, you get a, they they get, you get a subpoena. The lawyer gets a subpoena. They turn the subpoena over to you and the lawyer says, okay, this is who uh, the person said was their doctor. The doctor's retired." his records have disappeared. Like nobody can find them. Like, do you get involved in that aspect of it? Or does the attorney, do you go back to the attorney and then the attorney hires an investigator to track all that? So stuff
1: if they need an investigator, there are times that that has to happen, right? If they need to, if they need to go that far down the rabbit hole. Um, but ultimately, so on the front end of the subpoena, they actually just get to give us the baseline data and we create the subpoena. So we have paperwork templates. we, plug and play all of the information needed to create and generate the subpoena and then we generate it and send it on their behalf so we even um, do that step of the process for them and when it comes back like okay we just had one actually where the it was a smaller doctor's office and they said that their file closet that had the records
0: had a flood of course it did flood or fire always (laughs) Always. Oh, there's a lawsuit. (laughs) I think we just had a fire.
1: (laughs) And so they're like, okay, we can only get you these amount of records, right? And so at that point, uh, we just become the the middle person explaining this is the information that we're getting. Um, Now, when they're just non compliant, they're not answering, which has been even more of a struggle than it was before covid because people are working from home they're very understaffed so getting someone on the phone to get information is difficult and frustrating um the side of they're not being responsive we will send demand letters on behalf of our client so we really try to cut out that back and forth communication if i have i have some clients who are more aggressive than others right the due date is 30 days from mail and if they want the demand letter sent on day 32 because they've been non-responsive most people are not that aggressive usually it's like 45 days or 60 days that we give some leeway Um, then we develop that relationship from the beginning with the clients what's your what's your process what's your SOP we're here to execute on your behalf and we'll do what you want us to do or tell us to do Um, and then once it gets to that point they might have to do a motion to compel and so that's where our technology comes into play where everything is date stamped Time stamped and name stamped. So if they need to pull the catalog of we did this, 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 and this, then they can present that um, to now do a motion to compel for records.
0: Oh, that's terrific. No, that's a really good overview of the entire process, and I can see why it's so valuable. All right, so talk to me now about who the ideal client is for um, for you for iCopy. I would imagine obviously, um, you know, catastrophic medical malpractice uh, cases, any type of medical malpractice cases or class action involving medical. Um, who else do you do you work with? Who else is ideal? Yeah. For you? So
1: in-house counsel, um, those are really great connections. We do um, some in-house right now and it's, it's Great because we can get in, establish SOPs, and just hit the ground running, um, and and really go to work for them on on a large volume standpoint. Um, insurance defense, um, PI work, um, which you know typically hit some of that catastrophic medical malpractice um we can do workers compensation um and anything on the plaintiff side it becomes that discussion between cost benefit analysis right especially if they're already doing it in house and so that's one of my favorite things to do um with mid-size to smaller is just having a deep conversation on like what are your current processes what are you currently investing in and thinking about the relationship not so siloed of like just medical records because it's not apples to apples always if they're doing it internally and transitioning to a vendor like us it's it's very valuable to talk about more of their full picture processes and say oh well we can do this part of it and it's naturally ingrained in what we're doing for you anyway and that's going to save you x amount of time a week um and and really being able to help them optimize their practice um and take on more work, right? If we're able to get them their records faster, they're able to get through um, and analyze and maybe settle quicker, and then they can take on more cases and and make more money and help more people.
0: Sure. Well, in a lot of instances, they don't know about the strength of the case until they look at the medical records, so that's that's an integral part. Um, talk to me about some of the some of the pushback you get from attorneys who you know, who you call on, like they have, you know, Jane, the paralegal has been doing this for 20 years and, you know, that's what she does. And I'm not going to teach her to do something new. I can imagine that that's probably some of the pushback, but what, what else, what, what are some of the reasons why people wouldn't want to do this?
1: Yeah. Sometimes it has to do with control. Um, if, And there's, there's a difference between if you're transitioning from a current provider or vendor to us versus internal processes to us. Um, And oftentimes it's a lot easier if they have the, an existing relationship, which nine times out of 10, everyone, here's the other thing, everyone is frustrated with their records retrieval partner at some point or another. I am biased and think that we are the bomb.com, Right. But there are instances where we, we, there's only so much in our control, right? There's the facility, there's the U.S. Postal Service we're dealing with, and, and we're going to be the one that ultimately is the face of that entire process. Now, with transitioning, it's like, okay, I've had this fire after this fire after this fire. Now we're looking to leave. But change is hard, right? So the biggest thing that's their pain point, no matter which one it is, is really buy-in from those who do it on a day-to-day basis, which is going to be your paralegals or your law clerk. And so being able to have genuine conversations and as much as possible, if I have a managing partner or an office manager that's really the one pushing for the change, as soon as possible, I'm like, let's have a call with your team. I want to hear their pain points so I can speak to those as much as possible to make the change easier. It doesn't matter that this is going to make their life easier 60 days from now, 30 days from now, 15 days from now when they are onboarded and fully understand the process and system. It's hard today, right? When you've got a million things on your plate and you know how to do the old system, it might be terrible for you 60 days from now when you've got mediation coming up and your records aren't there. But it's hard today
0: yeah uh, talk about the volume that you think is uh, is necessary in order to in order to bring in you or anybody for that matter right if you, you just have one case it's a one-off case you know you can have a paralegal bang the phones for you know a week a month until that case get, until you get all the records from that case. But how many, you know, what, how many types of, how many cases that have medical records do I need before it makes sense for me to call you?
1: That's a great question. I actually just had this conversation with a solo PI practitioner. um, And just the the thing is, is it depends on the case, right? So if you're by yourself and let's say you don't even have a paralegal, or when you have a big case, you onboard kind of a fractional paralegal support, Um, it is any of it. I could argue is worth it. Because when you talk about the the base fees and everything that goes into it and the number of calls and the follow-up, just not having that on someone's plate who's paid a premium on an hourly basis, it, it's just time is money. And what is that time worth to you? Um, and I would argue that anytime you need medical records, it is worth it to get it off of your plate because of all that goes into it and the headache that it is. And we do it every day. Um, So it's less of a headache for us, especially because we have built really good relationships with these facilities and can usually, um, you know, move things when we need to move them.
0: Okay. Uh, Take a minute and think about the answer to this question, Bridget. So uh, I want you to uh, share with people the amount of time that you um, dedicate to business development versus the amount of time that you dedicate to operations, because you were brought in to really fix the whole operations gamut. So talk about business development, the time and effort that's spent in that. But I want you to take a minute and think about that, because I need to remind folks that we're brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, Sandrowski has helped people all across the United States with Tax planning and consulting, dispute advisory, business valuation, and actually similar to Bridget, litigation support. So, although Bridget will help you get the medical records, iCopy is going to help you get the medical records. You call Sandrowski when you're looking at the financials from a business and they just don't seem to make sense. And you need somebody to go in there and do a deep analysis on the financial information, maybe look into the company and determine what's going on so that you can then make your case around those financial documents. So if you're listening to this and you're a lawyer and you need someone to analyze financial records, and then equally as important, be able to testify to those financial records in a way that the court, the judge, and perhaps even a jury can understand. That's why you got to call Sandrowski because the person who heads up their business valuation and uh, forensic division, the person who would actually probably testify or prepare the other folks to testify in court, he's a college professor and he's been doing this for two decades. He knows how to do this. He knows how to take complex financial information and make it easy to understand. If you have a scenario where you need help with your financials and it's part of a big case, I want you to call Sandrowski today, 866- 717-1607. 866-717-1607. That's the number to call. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. They're a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. If you like to develop business using relationships, you can use My Revenue Roadmap Guide to do it. It's, my, it's the same guide I use with my clients. You can download it for free. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com. Website revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info. You can download my business development plan for your practice for your firm right now and get on track to growing your business. All right. We're talking with Bridget Ferraro. She is the CEO of iCopy. They help you track down and get into a format that you can use your medical records. If you want to reach out to her, you can call her at 765. 404 9588, 765 404 9588. All right, Bridget, before we took that break, I asked you about business development and what part, how much of your time is spent on business development versus the operations of your business. Now, you have this, you know, you have this technology, you have this Nimbus. Uh, software solution that kind of streamlines the operations for you. You still got a lot of people running around there. So I'm sure operations is a big part of what you do. How much of your time is spent on business development?
1: Um, I actually have a new director that came into a role three weeks ago. So a lot more time on business development. Um in the coming weeks right we're still transitioning and training um but the the wonderful thing about that role is taking more of the operations off of my plate um beforehand i think i probably would have said um an 80 20 split with seasonality of it being reversed right the the 90 day sprints and hustles and things like that with a major focus on business development um and then having to flip back into operation just with large growth um so now i i'm maintaining and growing into uh, being able to hopefully have 20% in operations on an ongoing basis. And that won't have to flip back and forth as we um, kind of build up that leadership team uh, with me.
0: Okay, great. And what are some of the things that you do to grow your business? Because I think a lot of uh, your business development challenges are probably just from an awareness standpoint, letting people know who you are and what makes you different. What do you do to grow your business?
1: Yeah. A big thing is any opportunity that we have to do webinars and educate, just educating people. We even have like a one pager that's like how to do records retrieval yourself, a DIY method. And at the end of it, it's like, okay, that's, that's, that's a lot. You can, you can do it. You totally can. Here's all the steps that you can do it yourself. Right. Um, And just giving people tips and tricks on, if you are doing it yourself, I would do this during this stage of it. I would do this during this stage of it just to make it faster. Um, An example is we actually just onboarded a new client in, in Nimbus. She made a note and was like, hey, I see you sent a check on 328. Can we get those records today? And what I had to explain is, well, for that facility, that wasn't a check because we received an invoice. It was a check that went with the request because we know their base fee and we want to expedite the process, And but they still have to pull them and tell us how much more is it going to cost, if anything. And so um, just managing that timeline and expectation of that's what, norm- like, that makes sense. You're a new client. That's what normally happens is records retrieval gets the invoice. They pay it. And then they get the records with the facilities that we know we can pay some upfront. We get records faster and we've established that. Um, So just being able to explain little tips and things like that.
0: No, that's terrific. That's terrific. Now, now you, you know, because I know you, I know you have a young family, you, you have three young kids and you're, you're a mom. How do you balance your, you know, your family and, all of this stuff i mean this is a complex business you're not you, this is not like no no disrespect to car washes but this ain't a car wash right you know car comes in you clean the car car goes away right easy business <laughs> this is not that this has a million moving parts how do you balance a young family and running a business that's this complex um the
1: number one thing is that my husband is the best supporter. Uh, seriously, he is absolutely phenomenal. And a lot of times, right, women own a large part of family aspects. And so when you're a working mom, you're also making the doctor's appointments for everyone and doing the grocery shopping and the meal planning and everything. Um, and we we've really found and, and been able to strike a good balance of things so that I don't have the weight of all of that. And the work, and that makes a big difference, as well as outsourcing some stuff and just being able to be like, okay, I might not ever step foot in a grocery store again. And I'm gonna have to be okay with my bananas being green instead of yellow. Um, because I have Instacart or whatever, I'm getting delivery. Um, and, and just being able to pick and choose some of the things um, to let go. And also just planning ahead and being really, really efficient with the time. So if my girls are doing, um, so I have three, if they're doing an activity trying to do them or schedule them back to back. So it's not like, okay, we're going out and doing something for one on Monday and one on Wednesday. Like, how can I pick the things that we're gonna be a part of and make it as efficient as possible, especially given travel time. Um, And another aspect that works really well for our family that we um, really got into because COVID and childcare is the number one stressor, in my opinion, of being a parent of young children before they're in school anyway. And then you add in COVID and cancellation and rooms and stuff changing. And so my oldest is four. And in the last four years, all of the changing, and the fact of commute time of drop off and pick up. Um, so we ha- have an au pair, which is done through a federally mandated program. You work with an agency. There's an interview process. Um, and that has been amazing for our family. And they're part of our family and get to help us with the kiddos. And that helps our, our balance a lot.
0: No, that's uh, that's terrific. You know, we, um, we made that decision in my house when my kids were, I think now when they were like six and nine um, they, the activities were in opposite directions with time conflicts. So what we did was uh, you know, my, my wife helps me in my business and I was only getting her between pickup, drop off and activities. I was getting her maybe an hour and a half a day. And I'm like, this is is not working. Um, So we, we interviewed, we went through, we, we went through an agency. We didn't go with an au pair. We went with a, with a, with somebody local, but we interviewed a bunch of people that the agency sent us. And we had three, we did background checks on the three. We used you know uh, they signed a waiver and we used an investigator to dig deep into all the background of these people because they're going to be near our kids we got their driving records we because they were she was going to be picking up and dropping off one or sometimes both of the kids and then we let the kids make the final decision who they you know we we did the trial with each of them and who who the kids who, who resonated with the kids the most and then during covid when everybody was stuck here at home we didn't want to lose her. So we had to find something else for her to do to keep her engaged. So, you know, we, we got creative and we found some ways to make sure that we were able to keep her engaged. And now, you know, my kids are older and they're it's it's a little easier. So, you know, and the activities are not as divergent as they once were. But that is a, a huge thing that nobody tells you. Like you realize when you have a when you're a parent, when you have a kid, you realize, listen, it's an expense. And listen, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time with this human being when, you know, now you got three, I got two, multiple human beings, but nobody tells you about the logistics, right? Nobody tells you that you got to be an Uber driver, literally, like you got to plan your, you got to strategically plan your pickups and your drop-offs around traffic, around your work schedule, around everything else. So do you, in your house, do you like have, I would imagine because of the nature of your business do you have like a master schedule and you know who's going where at any time?
1: Yeah there's a there's a big <laughs> schedule on the wall over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> colors and like lists and things and I actually have so, that's a weekly calendar. So, it gets done by the week, includes a meal plan. And then I have a monthly calendar. And those are both paper format and they are always in the kitchen so they can be referenced at all times. And then my husband and I are synced up with a digital calendar and share with one another. My husband's in marketing, he travels for work. Um, so, there's that aspect too of when he's gone and having one less person to help with coordinating those pieces. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of planning has to go into it. Um, and I think the bigger thing for us is really making sure that we schedule family time. We schedule intentional things. And so um, we sit down every night and have intentional time with our girls. Um, we're, we're believers and we sing and pray and have, it's so funny getting to do um, like just singing and dancing together and even taking time, 10 minutes per kid once a week, and really making them feel special. And sometimes it'll, you know, turn into 30 minutes or an hour or something like that, just playing puzzles. Um, and I struggle as someone who's very future forward being in the present. Um, and so scheduling that is really important. Because if I I have found and learned in, in just the few years of being a mom that if I don't schedule it, um, it's less likely to happen, I'm less likely to seize the moment to make it happen in the moment. So I mean, for some people that might sound really terrible being so scheduled and, and rigid with some of those things. Um, but for, for me, it makes me uh, really make sure I catch some of those intentional moments.
0: Well, I don't think, I, I think if you, you're, you're asking for more stress if you don't schedule it that way. I I really, like for me, I'm not, I, I I'm okay with having a tight schedule for work. I mean, I do have a tight schedule for work. But I, I never wanted to like when I had a day off, I never wanted to have my day off structured and scheduled until I had kids. And then it's, it, you know, it's unbelievable how the time can get away from you. Not if you're playing with a kid, but if you're if you have something to do and you get caught up doing something else and you miss the thing that was more important because you got caught up on the thing that it, with the thing that was less important. So this and the stress of having something pop up, like all of a sudden, um, like perfect example, Monday, my son, one of his braces on my, in my son's mouth came loose. Okay. <laughs> so that's a trip to the orthodontist. And yeah. there's no, there's no two ways about it. The kid can't go, you know, he can't speak. He's his mouth's getting all cut up. You know, he's got to go to the orthodontist. So, and we can't tell the orthodontist we can come in at seven. The orthodontist <laughs> tells you when you got to come in. So right. the whole schedule gets, you know, gets pushed around, but if nothing was scheduled, then it would just be chaos. At least we know. All right, we got to fix this part here, right? So, for people who are out there who are listening, you know, Bridget, is your do you schedule everything all together, so work and home all together, or do you have separate schedules?
1: Uh, at one point, I had separate schedules, and it wasn't working because I I couldn't see all of it, especially in the digital format. Um, so I would say probably about a year ago, no, no, two years ago, because my middle is two and a half now. Um, so r- when I was pregnant with her, I transitioned to everything to one calendar. Um, and then my husband and I both have just resolved that it, we put it on our work calendars. And so people who have access at work on our calendars, if there's something in particular, you might label it appointment to keep it more vague, but that way there's just complete transparency. And, um, we are transparent in our work lives as well. Hey, we have three kids, we have a puppy, we don't have a lot of family that are around us. And we, we need flexibility and understanding. And we're very blessed to work with people who have grace. And uh, I have to say, Dave, the I'm in between my au pairs, my new au pair doesn't get here till next Friday. And my little one is too little to be in the daycare my other two are in in transition. So Thank you for your grace and the fact that she's sleeping right now because my sitter canceled last night at eleven.
0: Listen, um, I'm <laughs> knocking. I'm knocking on wood. We'll, <laughs> we'll finish this up. Um, you know, I I'll tell you. So the the uh, what, what you just said that is the biggest tip. If anybody ever asked me, and listen, people ask me for work advice all day long, but very few people ask me for parenting advice. One calendar, one schedule, because you're one person everything goes on the same calendar. I, for years struggled with that. I missed family stuff. I missed work stuff, you know, not missed it, missed it, but had my wife call me and be like, where are you? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's not on my calendar. Well, there's two separate calendars. No, one calendar, everything goes on the one calendar. And what we do now is we do the family stuff goes in there first, and then we build the work stuff around that. So That's that makes that really just makes the the most sense. And that's probably the greatest tip. All right, Bridget. So now I'm gonna ask you to think of three things that you want people to take away from our time together. I'll give you a minute to think about that as I remind folks again about Sandrowski corporate advisors. So you heard me talk about Sandrowski the last time when it came to litigation support or doing a forensic analysis on the financial information. Let me tell you a little bit about. Uh, a couple of things Sandrowski does that most people don't think of. If you work with private equity or if you work with family offices, Sandrowski can help you there too because Sandrowski has written the book on how to organize a private equity firm and how to make sure your family office is structured in the most effective and most efficient way. For those of you who don't know, a family office is what affluent people set up. It's a separate company, and they set it up to manage their finances. Well, what usually winds up happening is the... Affluent family tasks someone with setting up the fi- the family office and they just go online to the state website and they form a company, however they want to form a company. And, you know, 15 years later, that entity may not work or when it comes time for ta- to pay the taxes, that entity may not work. Well, Sandrowski can help you get that straightened out. With private equity, Sandrowski can look at not just the holding company, but all the sub companies that are set up for the private equity funds and make sure they have the least amount of tax exposure and make sure they're structured appropriately. If any of this sounds interesting to you, you need to reach out to them. Call 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Sundrowski Corporate Advisors, they're a CPA firm with a different perspective. Um, Don't forget also my offer for free. You can get my Revenue Roadmap Guide. It is your business development plan. Download it right now, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info, download it for free today. It's my gift to you for watching and for listening. Okay. We're talking with Bridget Ferraro. She's the CEO of iCopy. You can reach out to her at 765-404-9588, 765-404-9588. Okay, Bridget, what are the three things you want our listeners and our viewers to take from our time together today?
1: Number one, iCopy is the most efficient, innovative, and transparent records retrieval firm out there. If you know anyone who's fed up with their current provider, they're doing it in-house, call me. I would love to help make their life easier. Uh, And the third thing is, if you're juggling work and family, um... Make sure that your community, your tribe around you, you communicate. What do you need? Um, don't sit in silence and, and suffer uh, and figure out what works best. And really it is um, it is the job seekers market out there right now. So if you're not happy and it doesn't work for your life, I promise you, you can find something that works for your life. And as a mom, uh, iCopy's hiring, so uh, anybody uh, <laughs> wants some some uh, better work life balance. I there's some hustle and you you put in the time, but we're growing. So
0: <laughs> and I, I copy is pretty much work from home, right? You can they can work from home or
1: yeah, yeah. We have a blend of some positions um, where we have an office that's going to be in Loveland, Colorado, which is where I live, and so we've got some in person stuff there for inbound outbound, but a majority of the positions are remote.
0: All right. You heard folks, if you want to get in touch with Bridget, 765-404-9588, 765-404-9588. Bridget Ferraro, you're a great guest. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was wonderful having you.
1: Thank you, Dave.
0: All righty, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS show. I'm Dave Lorenzo. Until tomorrow, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.